Good morning or good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are. My name is Justin Rumley, and I'm your faithful host here at Anchored. Uh, Anchored is a new ministry of Peoria Christian School where we usually gather the PCS Bible team to provide biblical answers to the various claims of the culture. But lately, I've been doing a series interviewing alumni of PCS, and uh, the last two episodes, we've had Summer Park on the show, where she's been a graduate from PCS for a few decades now, and she's actually getting ready to send her kids to PCS, so it's a joy to see that generational Peoria Christian School impact uh, through someone like Summer, and then we had C.J. Fisher on last week, who was our equipped speaker this past year, and he graduated from PCS in the early 2000s, is now actually serving with Youth for Christ, specifically in their uh, juvenile uh, ministry, specifically the prison ministry, and it's very interesting to hear his story from being an orphan in South Korea to ending up here at PCS, and then PCS helping equip him to serve in ministry right here in Peoria. Well, we're going to continue this series on interviewing various alumni from PCS, and we actually have a special guest in studio today who's a more recent alumni, and his name is Hayden Black. So Hayden, welcome to the show, and I'm going to give you a few minutes to introduce yourself and tell us a little more about who you are. All right, thank you very much, Justin. I'm Hayden Black, and I graduated in 2020, so I'm very recent. I'm only a year out right now, and uh, I go to the University of Missouri right now, and I'm a double major in finance and economics, and so uh, it's really exciting to just have found something I'm passionate about in school because when I graduated, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. And so it's been a huge relief uh, just kind of figuring out something that I really enjoy and uh, just want to study on my own time. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really grateful to be on the show. and uh, Thank you for hosting me. Well, Hayden, I love that you're here. And for our viewers uh, who obviously wouldn't know this, but my first year at PCS was actually the 2019 to 2020 school year. And I very much enjoyed getting to know Hayden as he was one of those special students who oftentimes would stay after school to talk about Bible, who would uh, ask deep questions in Bible class. You know, I'm used to in Bible class getting the Sunday school answers. When you ask a question, of course, everyone knows the answer is Jesus or the answer is, you know, John 3.16 or those seemingly generic biblical truths. And of course, I strove to dive deep, but Hayden was one of those who just had that natural impulse, uh, at least in my experience, to dive deep into scripture, to know Christ better. And I could tell, especially going into Hayden's second semester, that God had a unique calling in his life that made him stand out a little bit more than the average Bible student student at PCS. So Hayden, before we get any deeper, I just want you to reflect a little bit, especially since you're still somewhat fresh out of Christian education. Uh, Just the fact that now you're at the University of Missouri, so you're at a public uh, college, but yet you spent many years, at least in your high school experience, at Christian education here at PCS. So just tell me, how do you feel PCS or Christian education in general prepared and equipped you for where you are now? And maybe what are some of those fundamental differences you're seeing now that you're at a place where maybe Christian education is not necessarily so central? Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, I really did not appreciate Christian education in the slightest uh, until the second I graduated. It was just something I had always kind of, I'd uh, I'd gone to a bunch of different schools. Uh, I'd moved around the country a lot, but I really did not understand the impact of Christian education. It's just something I had always grown up with. Everywhere I went, I had gone to a Christian school. I kind of just thought it was uh, the norm, per se. 
I really didn't know how vast of a difference there is between Christian and public education and just how critical Christian education is to the development of, you know, the next generation. And so when I went to the University of Missouri in the fall, I was kind of, I had this idea of education in my mind that it was going to be uh, unbiased and uh, I knew that th- obviously things like you can't pray in public school. Like I, I was well aware of stuff like that, but I didn't realize just the sheer difference in approach to education and how it wasn't so much um, just teach you the way the world works. Rather, it was just kind of a sense of indoctrination, you know, per se. And so there, there was definitely a lot more of there's a lot more of an agenda at play at Mizzou relative to PCS. And I just also feel like PCS really prepared me to interpret kind of. The, the real world, you know, it, it definitely, uh, PCS definitely is a little bit of a bubble um, in the sense that it's kind of a Christian echo chamber, you know, everybody kind of holds a similar view. Nobody's really going to dispute you if you, uh, you know, says the divinity of Christ or something, you know, that's not going to be something that's going to be disputed at PCS. Rather, I think it'd be disputed if you held the opposite position, you know, and so these are, there's all these things that were commonly shared between everybody at PCS. And the second I got to Mizzou, it's kind of a free for all. There's, um, nothing that's, you know, too far out there. And uh, I think that Christianity, obviously, honestly, is in the vast minority at Mizzou. And so this whole shift in uh, just atmosphere and culture, was it, it was kind of a shock to me just to realize uh, how different public school is and um, honestly realizing just how loving of an environment PCS was relative to public school and uh, just going to a society where there aren't Christian values underlying things and it really opened my eyes to the necessity of the Judeo-Christian worldview and the values that it upholds. And they're just things that I just didn't realize and I'm grateful for that I had had in my life all the way through, even though I wasn't able to appreciate them until I graduated. And so I think that PCS really uh, just prepared me to have a solid foundation to interpret the world in front of me in a biblical manner. And uh, it's led to me just um, being fully able to just hold my ground uh, against the secular world and to stay rooted in uh, my identity in Christ. So. Amen, Hayden. Now, for those listening, just once you reflect on how refreshing that sentiment was to hear from someone who, now, Hayden, you just turned 19. Right? That's correct. Okay, yeah, he just turned 19. So when you think of the average freshman or sophomore in college, the average you know 18 to 19-year-old, and to hear from Hayden say things like, Christian education prepared him to interpret the world, how he understood the necessary foundation of the Judeo-Christian worldview. Uh, Those types of things you just so often wish the younger generation knew more about. But right here from Peoria Christian School, we are forming young minds to understand and live out exactly that conviction. Uh, Now, Hayden, obviously we're not here to uh, overly criticize necessarily the University of Missouri, uh, but certainly understand some parents have hesitations about sending uh, maybe their student to uh, somewhere like uh, a public college, especially after being uh, in Christian education their whole lives. And what I appreciate about what you said was that Christian Ed actually equipped you to thrive at somewhere like University of Missouri. Uh, now, obviously, you're not going to go to the University of Missouri for seminary training. You're not going to go there to hear about, you know, or learn about the divinity of Christ. But there is valuable knowledge there that you are, <coughs> excuse me, that you are able to learn and apply. But your Christian uh, ed background allows you to filter it 
so that you can, in some sense, uh, eat the meat and spit out the bones, per se. So, Hayden, give us a little bit of insight and advice, uh, especially for those parents maybe listening who are preparing to send their children to college. What are some uh, things you are doing at the University of Missouri to stay plugged into your Christian faith, to find Christian community, and just to continue growing in a relationship with Christ? Absolutely. And I, I think you made a really good point. You know, I, I don't want to harp on Mizzou too much here because there is, you know, there's definitely their downsides, but there's a ton of opportunity too. And I think that's the beauty of a huge public school and what drew me to it is just the sheer amount of opportunity. At least for me, you know, I'm able to major in economics, which is kind of an obscure degree. You know, a lot of schools I was looking at, especially like smaller private schools, didn't even have economics as a program. You know, and so there, you know, I think big institutions are still respected for a reason. You know, they do have a lot of opportunity and uh, a lot of the faculty is amazing. You know, I, I have a lot of uh, professors that are outspoken Christians. You know, it's been and it's been really, um, I guess, like heartwarming for me and assuring to me to know there's like minded people out, out there, you know, even in the academia at Mizzou. You know, there's still, you know, high up professors and whatnot who still hold the same views as me. And so. I think public college definitely uh, gets a, a bad rap, and I think there's definitely validity behind that. There is a lot of uh, the culture is very much anti-Christian, but I don't think it's this world that a Christian can survive. And I, I think that you know, kids walking away from their faith is not so much a problem that the university has, um, but rather I think it's a faulty foundation um, because I think that whether it be public college or after that, some sometime in the workforce or just later in life. Um, you know, we all are going to face a storm at some point, you know, and I think that someone who has a foundation is going to be able to weather that storm, whether it's college, uh, work, um, anything else in life, you know, like college is just one of many storms, you know, and I think that the people who have the foundation are going to stay rooted uh, regardless of their environment, you know, and so in a sense, I think there's some people, you know, that like, I think parents out of fear sometimes will send their kids to a public college or a private college, a Christian college to protect them in a sense. Um, but in reality, they're just prolonging something that, and that's the fact that they're, someone's going to be exposed to the real world eventually, you sure. know? And I think that public college kind of makes that sooner than uh, some other people may. But ultimately at the end of the day, I, I enjoy the University of Missouri. Again, there's a lot of things I don't agree with, but uh, having a foundation absolutely makes it possible for me to thrive as a Christian. And so, I th- sorry, I didn't mean to catch you no, off there. Good. I just, I wanted to answer your question a little bit too. I think that um, it really is just a matter of uh, getting plugged into the right organizations, honestly. It, it's pretty simple. You know, I just found a church that I aligned with doctrinally um, and just got involved with that. I met a lot of friends through there. And now I've, I've got a wonderful group of guys uh, who hold me accountable uh, to live, you know, the Christian life appropriately in college and um, just to kind of stray, stray away from all the opportunity to sin and uh, just walk in light. And so it really is a matter of getting plugged in. Um, it, you are who you surround yourself with. You know, it's an age-old saying, you know, dare I say like a corny saying, but it's true. You know, I, I always say that cliche things are cliche for a reason. You know, it's usually because they're true. And, um, and so in this case, you know, it's a matter of who you surround yourself with, what situations you choose to put yourself in. Um, because frankly, no matter who you are, if you put yourself in a bad situation enough, you're eventually going to cave. And it's just having that knowledge, um, knowing uh, that it, it's avoiding this conflict in the first place is, is what will keep you on the right path. And so for me, I would say those are the two biggest things, just getting plugged in, in the right place and just avoiding situations I knew weren't going to be productive. So. Okay, very briefly, Hayden, because I know you're plugged into a, a group at uh, the University of Missouri that has 
chapters and other campuses. So I think it'd be worthwhile to kind of give uh, a shout out to that Christian group you're a part of as just, once again, if there's anyone listening who maybe they're looking to be plugged into a certain Christian group and maybe they do have a chapter at that college. So tell us a little bit about what group you're a part of. Absolutely. So I'm a part of a ministry called Salt Company. Um, I, I think they've got several campus, campuses. I think their main one is at Iowa State. I know they're adding one Cincinnati at University of Cincinnati right now and Mizzou. I know there's several others, but I just honestly I'm forgetting at the moment. So, but yeah, they're wonderful. I I probably checked out ten different churches uh, when I got to Mizzou. I'll never forget me and my buddies. We went church hunting for like a week every day after class. We all we just go hit the road and just check out another church. And so uh, I I really appreciated uh, Salt and their subsequent church anthems. Um, high view of scripture. Um, that was something that was important to me is that I think that the one of the most fundamental aspects of the Christian faith is a high view of scripture and not compromising biblical doctrine on cultural issues. And that was something that I just found really attractive about SALT. And um, from what I know, they kind of uphold that same culture at other campuses. And so, yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy, uh, happy to shameless plug SALT. So. <laughs> Absolutely. They, they deserve it. And Hayden, I love to hear that even though you're not necessarily in a Christian bubble per se. And as you pointed out, you know, everyone's going to be in storms. When you go to the workplace, odds are it's probably not going to be uh, necessarily a Christian bubble. If you, uh, you know, meet new people, even your own family, and of course your school, it's, you're not always going to be in this protective Christian context. So I so appreciate how you talked about the strong foundation and roots that everyone needs in order to not just survive, but thrive uh, in the world. After all, Jesus didn't pray that God would remove us from the world, but protect us from the evil one while we're doing his mission in this world. So uh, I think just some key takeaways initially from what I'm hearing, especially if you're a parent or student trying to think of a plan or strategy uh, to not just keep your Christian faith in college, but grow it, is to first and foremost find a solid church to plug into weekly. Because as you said, you kind of become like those who are around you. So you need that Christian fellowship and you need a good pastor above you. But also there's Plenty of ministries on campus usually, such as SALT. In fact, I remember you coming back, I think it was over Christian break, Christian break, oh my goodness, <laughs> Christmas break, and you brought a little binder back to my apartment and showed me how you guys walked through, like, you know, systematic theology and, yeah. and everything. I'm like, man, I learned that at Moody Bible Institute, but here you are because of a ministry uh, located on Mizzou's campus. You're learning things that I learned in seminary, so it's encouraging to hear that. Uh, now, Hayden, for the last uh, several minutes here of our conversation, I just want you to tell us a little bit more about your own spiritual and theological formation, and then we'll just chat some theology a little bit. Now, right. we don't have a ton of time left, so I promise uh, our viewers we'll have a second episode with Hayden on here in a little bit, but just to give us a little background before Hayden, I kind of unleash you to tell us a little more about your spiritual formation. Hayden actually interned with me at the church I pastor uh, last summer. Uh, so First Congregational Southern Baptist Church in Kiwani, he joined us and taught Sunday school classes. He actually preached two or three times, I think, at this point now, and our church loves to hear him. Actually, you can find his uh, messages on my YouTube channel, so just Justin Rumley on YouTube, you can find his message. In fact, his preaching is still the most viewed video on my YouTube channel, so I got to give him credit for that. So, um, Hayden, I know you love ministry. I know you love scripture. I know you love Christ. Tell me a little bit about 
your theological and spiritual formation? Who are some authors you've read or speakers you've listened to that really forms you uh, to be who you are? Absolutely. And I think it's a bit of a difficult question to answer because my knowledge is just so spread out. Um, First and foremost, I think most of uh, my passion for theology and doctrine and ministry just came from reading the Word, um, honestly. I think it's one of the most overlooked parts of the Christian faith is actually reading the Bible. I I genuinely do believe that everything in the Christian life uh, stems from spending time in the Word. It is by far one of the most important aspects of the Christian life. And if that part is missing, you know, I I think it's very, very difficult to have a fulfilling relationship with God and to have passion, conviction, uh, to bring about change in your life. And so I I really do uh, just want to credit the Bible first and foremost. It it really is um, kind of the heart of everything that drives me, uh, is just spending time in the Word of of God each and every morning. Um, But aside from that, um, I've just... Honestly, just spent a lot of time, I mean, asking you questions, of course. You know, I think you've definitely been uh, kind of fostered uh, that fire in me for sure. Um, And then just kind of uh, exploring different resources. I I bought a textbook from Moody uh, that I've kind of worked through, the Moody Handbook of Theology. It's kind of a really good, just uh, broad overview to give you a solid foundation um, on any really theological concept you want to explore. I, of course, have my personal favorite speakers, uh, James White and Michael Brown. They have plenty of resources on YouTube. And then just reading various apologetic books. I know one one of the first ones that I read uh, was called Jesus on Trial uh, by David Limbaugh. And he was, basically the book is, uh, David Limbaugh was a lawyer for a long time. And he kind of examines the case for Christ uh, from a legal perspective and just almost like, it, it really is what it sounds like it is. It's, it's, it's a court, ex- court examination of the case for Christ. And I found it really intriguing. It's another great foundation um, just for for apologetics. And also another great book I read was Ultimate Proof of Creation by Jason Lyle. Uh, another great book talking about what's called presuppositional apologetics. I, I believe that's one of the premier ways to kind of uh, defend the faith. Um, it's definitely something I would recommend researching to anyone interested in just learning how uh, to have a reason for the hope that's mm-hmm. within them, you know. And so... I think, and also that stems, uh, Jason Lyle, he stems from a ministry called AIG, which I'm sure uh, many people, many of your listeners have heard of, but that's another phenomenal resource, uh, really diving into kind of the scientific aspect of the Bible uh, that's a, a lot of times kind of overlooked and, you know, discredited in uh, mainstream society and so, but I think those are just a few of the resources that I've really spent a lot of time um, listening, watching, reading. It, it, it's really I have a really like broad range of sources I draw from, so it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint pinpoint all of them. But uh, those are just a few that come to mind. So very good. In uh, and, and of course, before I reflect on some of of those people and those resources, I just want to return to two core points that I hope you are gathering from hearing Hayden's uh, testimony, hearing his passion here. First and foremost, uh, I love that the root and ground of what Hayden's passion comes from obviously is from Christ, but specifically hearing Christ through scripture. And even just reflecting on my own background and seeing some similarities in Hayden's spiritual development as in mind, uh, a lot of these uh, passions, these convictions, this high view of scripture, this desire to preach, this desire to be in ministry all stems from first reading through scripture in its entirety. Uh, in other words, hearing what Christ has to say from Genesis through Revelation and trusting 
that that God-inspired word feeds our souls, forms our souls, and helps reveal God's mission and calling on our lives. And then God can use other resources like Jason Lyle at Answers in Genesis, who I think he actually just founded what the Biblical Science Institute, I think, is his organization now. And James White, Michael Brown, David Limbaugh, all these other resources are secondary to Scripture, but man, the Spirit of God uses them to enrich uh, scriptural truth. So I love that. But secondly, I hope you understand that part of Hayden's development stems from Christian education. The idea that growing up with Bible class, with a Christian community, with excellent Bible teachers and science teachers and everyone teaching things through a biblical worldview, uh, certainly God providentially used to bring Hayden to where he is today. So now Hayden, believe it or not, we're already almost at 21 minutes. And usually I cap my conversations at 20 minutes, but I think our conversation deserves a little bit of overtime. So now obviously I'm not going to extend this episode to eight hours like we <laughs> joked about earlier. But I do want to talk about one last thing because you you kind of alluded to it earlier, and then we'll save kind of the rest of our conversation for a, an episode in the future. But Hayden, before I let you go, you talked about how having a high view of Scripture was a non-negotiable part Absolutely. of you, you know, looking for a church, and that just a high view of Scripture seems, seems to be something that's near and dear to your heart. So just tell me a little bit more about First off, what do you mean by a high view of Scripture? Because I, I, I don't necessarily want to steal your thunder, but I would say not necessarily everyone holds to a high view of Scripture. So tell us a little bit about what you mean by that, and then maybe why it had such an impact on you that this was so important. So I'll kind of hand it over to you to tell us a little more. Absolutely, and I'll, I'll try to keep this concise, but I think a high view of Scripture just stems from the fact that the Bible is ultimately authoritative over all areas of our lives. I think what a high view of Scripture entails is that we are not willing to compromise what the Word of God says with cultural issues of the day. Uh, and I think that's something that wasn't really apparent in past generations. Um, but I think in today's society, there's a lot of things, a lot of different issues. They're in direct contradiction with Scripture, and I think people make the grave mistake of trying to compromise the two and make one fit with the other. And so I think what a high view of Scripture means is that we always um, interpret everything through the light of Scripture. I think people are guilty of in kind of doing the opposite and in interpreting uh, Scripture through the culture. And that that's, I think, that one of the biggest issues um, in, within the church today and mainstream society as a whole is that I believe, I firmly believe, uh, that we should interpret the culture through Scripture and not the other way around. And so Scripture is always kind of the final lens, the final authority on everything. That's what a high view of Scripture seems to be to me. And I think the reason why it's so important to have a high view of Scripture is because it's um, the only thing I think that we can reliably say is in infallible uh, and perfect and without error. And the reason why that's so important is because we have an objective standard to measure everything else by. Um, because with any other issue in society or any other moral hierarchy or system or <clears throat> ideology per se, everything else is subject uh, to human thought. It, it can be ma uh, malleable and changed based on what's popular, what's not popular. It, it's always subject to change because there's no ultimate authority declaring what's objectively true and what's not. And so that's what makes 
uh, high view of scripture is so important and why it is authoritative and why everyone should view it as authoritative is because it is the only objective standard we have to measure everything in this world by. And the second, uh, that standard is removed. Everything becomes arbitrary, subject to change, subjective, and there's no real moral ground for anything. And we can't measure anything. We can't objectively say anything. And the second, um, we've given the secular culture that much ground. Uh, it's utter chaos, as we're beginning to see in our society. And we're going to continue to see unless there's some sort of revival or a change in the way we view the Word of God. And so that, to me, is why a high view of Scripture is so important and why it's absolutely essential in our society today. Well said. I have nothing to add to that. But as we close today, I just want to remind my viewers that we're talking to a 19-year-old young man who is in college and a public college at that But he holds these viewpoints primarily because of the spirit within him, the Holy Spirit, his formation and understanding scripture, and of course, because Christian education, specifically Peoria Christian School, played a major part in God providentially using uh, us here at the school to bring Hayden to where he is. And man, if you would love to hear those words come from more young people, then I can't encourage you or even us any more than to say continue to pray for Christian education in the Peoria area. And I just want to thank you for supporting and being a part of the Peoria Christian family. So Hayden, thank you for joining us here on our first episode of what hopefully will be several episodes where we can have you here on Anchored. And in fact, you know, just hearing Hayden's last few thoughts during the high view of scripture will be a nice little kind of taste tester, a little flavor for maybe what our future episodes will be about. And maybe we'll talk more about theology of scripture or a theology of end times or, you know, even just a theology of morality and sexuality, as we know, that's a, a definitely an important topic that our culture is talking about. So, uh, Hayden, I'm looking forward to have you on in future episodes. And I want to thank you viewers for plugging in and joining us on this extra long episode of Anchored, but I know every second of it was worthwhile. So God bless you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next time right here on Anchor.